0: Welcome to My HR Podcast. Let's talk about the legal side of HR. Here's your host, Kevin Mosier, presented by Thompson Co. and My HR Genius.
1: Hi, this is Kevin Mosier, attorney at Thompson Co. Cousins and Irons and an MSBA-certified labor and employment specialist. Today we have Barry Mosquitz from Thompson Co. in our Dallas office, and we will be talking about vaccinations in the time of COVID. And I think that Barry, for my money, is going to be one of the top conversation points of 2021. And by the way, welcome
0: to the podcast. No, thanks, Kevin. This is kind of a fun experience. And I would definitely agree that the topic of vaccinations, both in people's homes and people's workplaces, is probably going to be one of the top conversations. Probably at some point, people are going to get tired of having the conversation. But, you know, since I understand the first vaccines have just started rolling out, it's probably something that employers need to get on top of and, and start formulating a strategy, given all the concerns and considerations.
1: Yeah, I will say in my typical news feed in the last 24 hours, including like Yahoo and Reddit and, you know, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, that sort of thing, every single one of them has had the question that I'm going to ask you, which is, can employers
0: mandate it? Right. And so that, you know, I've already started fielding some, some phone calls from clients about that. And I think it's on everybody's mind. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about this issue is how intertwined, you know, you can say fortunately, unfortunately, whatever your perspective is, all sorts of political considerations get layered on top of this. And so what I'm going to try to do is strip away all of that and so that employers can sort of make, I think, the best decisions, and those decisions are going to vary from employer to employer depending on what's important to them. So the short answer to your question of can employers mandate that their employees get vaccinations, the general answer is yes, as long as it is related to a specific function of the job. You know, many employers will have job descriptions and as long as they can reasonably categorize the need for a vaccination to perform one of those various job tasks then they can i think if they if they can't make that showing then the answer might be very different i think the the real issue is going to be should they yeah
1: yeah i i completely agree and that's the bigger issue right and so so when we get into should em- employers be vaccinating? One of the key, you know, questions that comes into that. There's, there's a lot, right? There's cultural, there's liability. So, l- so let's tackle liability. You know, if you're an employer, how are you looking at this from a liability standpoint? The potential of of sure. mandating
0: vaccinations. You know, I think if we're just tackling the liability first, there's so much that is unknown about the vaccine. And and that is simply a feature of the fact that this vaccine is very new. They just started working on it only several months ago. And while all the testing data that's been reported thus far points to it working in most cases, given that it just hasn't been studied for that long, nobody knows the long-term impact of it. Not that I've seen anything to indicate that there is a negative consequence that's being forecasted one year, two years, five years down the road. But the simple fact is nobody knows. And so the question for employers is if you force your employees to get a vaccine, that ultimately... If some goofy thing happens where a year from now or two years from now or five years from now, there is some negative consequence that's being reported as a result of the vaccine, will the employer be held liable? I think that's a real open question and whether or not there's, I mean, currently there's no immunity protection, meaning there's not a provision either in federal or any state law that would shield an employer from a lawsuit. And I think we all know that even if the lawsuit were not to have a lot of merit, I think there's a decent chance that if there were documented cases of adverse consequences, and one of the employees who was forced to take that vaccine experienced those consequences, I think that the employer could absolutely expose themselves to potential litigation on down the road. Also, you know, you start hearing reports of mild symptoms as a result of the vaccine. I was just reading an article today that talked about some very typical reactions associated with vaccines, soreness at the site of the injection, people experiencing flu-like symptoms. But what if, in the rare circumstances, a person was forced to have a vaccine and had an immediate adverse reaction? Could an employer be held liable? I think the answer is very possibly. Also, I read an article today that talked about the idea of people shouldn't take it if they're allergic to vaccines or to something in the vaccine. Quite frankly, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how you know that in advance, especially if you've never taken this vaccine before. But if someone, in, in what is probably a rare circumstance, were to have a severe allergic reaction and suffer an injury, could that also expose the employer? And I think the answer is very possibly yes. And those are just the initial liability issues that I think are likely, if, right. if it from, ever comes to fruition.
1: yeah Yeah. from just taking the vaccine and the other you know the only other thing to make that i would throw in there to make it even more complicated from a liability standpoint there is this framework that the federal government has for the vaccine court but i believe that's limited to just protecting the drug makers from the impacts the effects of the vaccine itself so even if you know there wasn't any you know compensation enough for the employee i just don't know that the shield that applies to the drug makers would also apply to the employers if the employers are mandated. And I, you know, every state's going to be different on the issue of work comp and, and applicability, but I just don't think employers can bank on work, you know, and, you know, there's obviously liability under work, uh, in that even if it's covered by work comp, there's still going to be some potential monetary liability one way or another to the employer. But, but even if it's picked up under a work comp claim, I don't even know if that's guaranteed. I mean, we're we'll we'll just going to have to look at how the states address this. If there are injuries, especially in a situation where the employer might be distributing it at work, like right. on site, and it's during the work day and the employee is still on paid time, right? They take a 15-minute break to go down you know, to the cafeteria or whatever and, and get the, the vaccination shot, and they get injured. You know, from right.
0: somehow. And right. I, I think you're you're expanding sort of on the idea that I think it's a it's a very great thing that there is a, a vaccine. And I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, people who are going to be advocates of employer mandates. And I think they're just fraught with legal issues, potential legal issues anyway, on down the road. And employers, quite frankly, can be caught in a tricky situation. On the one hand, there's the exposures that we just talked about for the employer if they mandate the vaccine on a liability perspective. And then there is the exposure of what if they don't and some employee contracts COVID, passes it along to another coworker or customer or vendor partner. And it can be traced back to that individual employee. And, you know, the person who gets it from that employee has a really negative consequence. Is that something that is going to be a potential exposure on a liability perspective for employers? And I think the answer is, yes, I think that is possible, just like the other aspects of liability exposure. I know there's been back and forth talk, and it's really kind of very difficult to follow up or or follow what is the prevailing wind, whether or not as part of a COVID relief package, there's going to be liability protection for employers. Right now, the last article I read, probably 10 minutes before you know we started this podcast, it looked like that was not going to be part of the package. But maybe if I would have read an article from a different news site, I would have gotten a different type of information. So what are you seeing on that?
1: Yeah, I Last I heard, and, but you know, this is maybe a, a day ago, <laughs> and uh-huh. so it might be old old news, was that they were going to bifurcate the, the two most controversial parts of the compromise that, at least at the time we we're recording this on um, December 15th, that the compromise includes two of the most controversial elements, and one is state and local government funding, financing, relief, because the state and local governments are just being so severely impacted by COVID shutdowns and all that. And then, so the Democrats want that. And then the Republicans want, on their side, the most controversial thing they want is the employer liability protections so that we, you know, a lot of the things that we're talking about with COVID and vaccination and also protections under OSHA that employers would be protected. So the Democrats don't like that. Republicans like that. So my understanding is that they were going to carve those two out and then let the majority of the rest of the the bill, which includes unemployment funding and more PPP money, and you know another 700 billion dollars, like you know just chump change these days, but um, another 700 billion dollars, and they're going to try to vote on that, and then figure out these more complicated, controversial yeah. issues later. I don't I don't know where that stands. So you know, it's 24 hours ago. That was old,
0: yeah. right? Right. And it could change 15 minutes after we're done recording this podcast. So it is ideally for employers looking at it just from a legal perspective. It would be ideal if there were to be liability shields, both from employees and third party claims. You know, I'm not that optimistic personally that that's going to be part of any uh, bill that they vote on because it is so controversial. It's being framed, you know, on the one hand as being necessary for businesses to be able to make decisions and to, you know, thrive moving forward. And on the other hand, people who oppose it frame it as a giveaway and, you know, benefiting companies over people. And, and so when you start having those debates, it become at least at the congressional level, it seems to really stymie the ability to get anything done. One other issue, I think, as it relates to liability, it's not liability for injury. But it's liability or exposure anyway for discrimination-type claims, I think, for employers, because I think undoubtedly there will be a situation where you have two employees who are – one's a man, one's a woman, one is an African-American, one is not – and unless you apply the policy, whatever your policy is uniformly, you're going to have the aggrieved party complain that either they were forced to take the vaccine when somebody who is unlike them in gender or whatever the case may be. And I think there, those, to me, are the more likely types of liability issues where, just by way of an example, you know, you have a person, let's say, who's 60 years old, who doesn't want to take the vaccine, maybe because he had COVID once before, feels he doesn't need to take it. And then there's going to be somebody else, you know, who he compares himself to. And and I think that employers can run into a lot of problems because they're going to run into situations where they may not be able to treat everybody the, ex- the exact same and the person who doesn't like what's happening is going to claim they're being treated differently because of their race, their gender, whatever the case may be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and to build on that, I mean you're getting into the the exceptions where where people could opt out legally if the employer is going to mandate the vaccination, right? And right. and so you're looking at, you know, the legitimate reasons they could opt out would be religious beliefs, sincerely held religious beliefs, and disabilities. And I think disabilities, I mean, we've been dealing with that with the ADA for a long time and, you know, the fuzziness ab- around what is and what isn't a disability. The issue of what is a sincerely held religious belief, I, I mean, it c- comes up every once in a while. It used to come up, you know, years ago or a couple decades ago when this was newer, but you can imagine with all the the news or fake news or whatever it is out there and, and all the conspiracy theories, there are going to be a lot of people that just politically are opposed to the the vaccination or they legitimately or Ill, or wrongly think, you know, the government is, you know, doing Certainly something with the vaccination. Yeah, it's yeah, tracking devices or, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, your tinfoil hat conspiracy theory is. But... You can imagine a lot of employers are going to be dealing with employees who are claiming, hey, my conspiracy theory is my religion. I sincerely believe in this, and this yeah. is my religion. I mean, it, and we're, it's a hard line to understand yeah. for a lot of people the difference between just personal beliefs or political beliefs, what they're reading on Facebook. Right. I just see a mess. I see an absolute di- mess trying to discern the difference between a, an actual, I mean, it's, you know, it's obvious, it's easy when, when somebody belongs to, like, a common, you know, an established religion that everybody else knows yeah. about, right? It's different when you're talking about sincerely held religious beliefs because it, that, that's not just, like, every religion that we know
0: well. Well, that's not, right. That's very right. And, you know, you're touching on sort of the interplay between politics and religion and whether my version you know, my belief in a particular conspiracy theory really amounts to a religion. And and I agree with you that poses its own set of a mess. And then you have the uh, entire other side of that where there are people in the United States who opt out of vaccinations based on their sincerely held religious beliefs. And Mm -hmm. how is an employer set up to discern, is this a sincerely held religious belief or are they just saying it so they don't have to comply with our policy? And I think that that creates a nightmare for HR departments, you know, and I suppose an HR department can say, well, if you have a religious belief, we're just going to take your word for it. But I see the internal mutiny where someone doesn't, you know, say they have a, a sincerely held religious belief and objects to someone else claiming that they do because they've talked to them over lunch and they know they don't have a religious belief about these vaccines. They just don't want to take it. I see a mess on the horizon, for sure.
1: Yeah. And obviously, the reason it's important is because for a lot of employers, those employees that don't get vaccinated could get or probably will get at some point COVID and impact operations and, you know, potentially impacts morale. There's a lot of negatives. So, okay, so that's the mandatory. I'm guessing most employers will not go down the mandatory route. Right that's my guess. So you've got one, you've got employers that are going to mandate it. And then on the other flip side, you're going to have employers that are just like, you know, put their heads in the sand. I don't want to get into this issue. I don't want to have, I'm just going to hope it resolves itself and people get the vaccine or don't, I don't want to deal with it. So you've got that on the other side. But but what about employers? What are some ideas for those employers that want to take maybe a more balanced approach in addressing, you know, recognizing this as a problem, wanting to address it for a lot of reasons due to their operations and all that. What are some ideas for those, those employers that, that don't want to mandate but also don't want to completely...
0: Well, that's a good question because it allows me to give an answer, not just identify a ton of problems. So, (laughs) you know, I want to come offering a solution. And I think a, a reasonable solution for employers, it's certainly not a mandate, it's not a requirement, but I think it's a reasonable solution, is to incentivize their workforce to get the vaccine. You're not mandating it You're just creating a set of incentives or perhaps even a single incentive to get the vaccine. That way, all you're doing is providing an incentive. If somebody wants it, great, we'll give you the incentive. If you don't want it and you don't take it, fine, you don't get the incentive. Everybody's treated the same. And the idea would be, you know, types of incentives can be like a bonus payment. We're going to, you know, for the the Pfizer vaccine, I understand it's a two-shot regimen. Maybe future vaccines will only be one shot. I guess it remains to be seen. But let's just say we use the Pfizer as an example, and after they've completed the second shot, they get a bonus of $50. You know, and every employer is going to decide what motivates their workforce, what they can afford. So that's just an example, but incentivizing employees to get it. And you can do all sorts of other non-monetary, let's say, incentives. You can give them an extra vacation day. You know, there, there's all sorts of other incentives that I think creative employers can come up with to incentivize their workforce to get it, but not expose them to the liability problems that we've discussed earlier.
1: Yeah, and I think the incentives. To me, I I, I agree with you. I think that. That is definitely a, a good component to a program of trying to address the situation and trying to help empl- employees, but not forcing it down their throats. I think it preserves culture. I think it is just, you know, just generally a good a good approach. What are some other, besides, you know, it, maybe in addition to compensation, and I'll give you one idea that I, you sure. know, I don't sound like I came up with it or anything, but this is pretty common that employers have been doing this, which is to make. For example, a lot of employers make flu shots readily available. They hire, you know, an outside company, medical company to come in and distribute flu shots, make it convenient, like on the premises to get. So, so that's, you know, one, one idea. Any other strategies that you've thought of to, that employers might want
0: to contemplate? Well, I really like the idea of making it easy so that I, I, I really, you know, I heard, I guess it was on Saturday, the first person was vaccinated. So I couldn't even begin to explain right now how the rollout process is going to work. Assuming that it becomes available through a third party to come into the workplace to vaccinate people, I think that is that's a great idea. I think anything that employers can think of to incentivize their workforce to get it. You know, it can be as simple as if a certain percentage of our, you know, employees get it, then we're going to have jeans on Friday or everybody gets everybody gets an extra vacation day or we're going to have, you know, there's there's untold numbers of ideas. I do think the idea of a financial reward tends to incentivize people the most, but employers tend to know what makes their employees tick better than lawyers. And so, um, you know, I I think that that just about any, just sitting down, I think, as part of the plan and thinking creatively, what can we do to get our employees to get the vaccine?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. And I think, pulling out a part of what you had said there, if you're going to have the vaccines distributed on site or somehow you're going to, you know, incentivize, the point is you as a company should not be doing it, right? <laughs> like no, they should be,
0: it should be distributed
1: by a third party that has professional liability <laughs> coverage. And, and right. you know, so that is, that is not something employers themselves should be involved no, in like, other than, you know, facilitating.
0: Yeah, and there's a number of, you know, companies that do that I know with the flu shot. I don't know what the requirements are going to be. Once it starts being rolled out to the general public, I know at least with the Pfizer vaccine, you have a temperature issue. I don't know how that works in the workplace, but regardless of how it works, if and when that becomes an option, absolutely you want to contract with a a reputable company that has liability insurance, make sure there's indemnity in place in case something does go wrong. You just want to make sure the employer's protected for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, last uh, question, series here, Barry, and I really appreciate your time. I think this is really valuable for the audience. You know, so if an employer is deciding which course to go, you know, mandate, ignore it, or some sort of combination where they address it, as you've been talking about, you know, what are some of the considerations that you think management at these companies should be thinking
0: about with us? Absolutely. One, I think you would want to start off with an analysis of the job duties of the employees to try to figure out if you can make a reasonable argument that if you're thinking about mandating the vaccine, that they need the vaccine in order to be able to perform one or more elements of their job description. So I think an analysis of the job duties. I think a company needs to be thinking about what are my customers going to expect? Are they going to expect that we have, we can represent to them that all of our employees have been vaccinated? That's probably uh, something that's on down the road before it starts getting widely available. But I think that's a consideration that every employer should be at least discussing. They should be talking about the community that they're in. Some communities, I mean, you know, I live in Texas. Texas is an enormous state. Um, There are parts of Texas where you walk around and... You know, people, even though there's a mask mandate in within the entire state, if you go into some of the smaller communities and you walk into a gas station and you're wearing a mask, they might think you're here to rob the place. So, you know, yesterday uh, I was driving, you know, uh, from Missouri. I was picking up my daughter from college. We drove from Columbia, Missouri, down to Texas, and we stopped for gas in You know, I don't even remember the town, but a small town in Oklahoma. And, you know, we walked into the gas station to get some snacks and nobody had a mask. I'm sure there's a mask mandate to some extent in Oklahoma. And so you just have to be mindful of your community. What are their expectations aside from whatever legal expectations there might be? And I really do think one of the real things that employers need to think about in terms of should we mandate or should we not or should we incentivize, or should we not, is what is the reaction going to be of the employees? There are, I'm confident, some employers who have a, you know, X number of employees where if they say, we're you must get a vaccination, you're going to have a mutiny on your hands. There are other workplaces where people say, okay, fine. So you have to really know your employees. And I think that should be Given that there's no legal requirement to mandate vaccines, I think that should be one of the primary, if not the primary, consideration. Yeah,
1: I think this is really invaluable, really insightful. I, I really appreciate you joining for the, for the conversation on this. And, and we'll see. We, we're going to do this. We're going to cover the same topic in January for our, our January webinar. And
0: okay.
1: I'll be in a month, I'll be really curious what changes. Could be, you know, so much more information on on this. But I don't think it's going to change as the legal some of the legal stuff that employers, you know, can do this if they they want.
0: So thank you. For sure. And you're welcome and thanks for inviting me on. It's been a good it's been real fun. Thank you.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, thank you, Barry, for coming to the podcast, and thank you, listeners. For more information on Thompson Co. and the My HR Genius legal program, you can go to www.thompsonco.com, C-O-E.com, or to myhrgenius.co. For more HR tips and advice, you are welcome to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again, Barry, and we'll talk to everybody soon.
0: You bet. Thank you. For more information on Thompson Co. and the My HR Genius program, please visit myhrgenius.co.